Almighty God, we come before you this morning with hearts of celebration um, for what you are going to do in the lives of of our graduates, what you have done in the life of this church as we have, uh, as we are a family. Lord, I pray that in this next few minutes that you would be with us, that your spirit would rest upon us, that you would teach us, that you would just be close to us, that we might count on the promise that you are with us. And so we pray this in your name. Amen. The scripture that Sandy just read is, has always been a very funny one to me, or an interesting one to me, the one where Jesus calls James and John, the, the sons of Zebedee, to follow him. And uh, the, why it's funny to me is because it's just so short and succinct um, that it says Jesus went up to them and said, hey, follow me, and they left everything and they followed Jesus. And I've always thought there has to be more to this, right? Like they just left everything to follow Jesus. And so, so what, is, what else is going on? Not only that, I always had the question of what Zebedee thought. All of a sudden, here comes this crazy religious lunatic who is calling his sons part of, you know, not just his sons, but also his, you know, big part of his workforce, his labor in the family business. And now this religious nut comes and says, hey, follow me. And they drop everything and they leave and they're gone. What did Zebedee think? Do they have a mom? What did their mom think? I thought this scripture was fitting knowing that uh, we're going to be sending our graduates away and knowing how hard that is on parents as I've seen parents uh, grieve over this for the last uh, couple decades in youth ministry as seniors come and go and it's so hard for parents to to see their children go off, at least most parents. I think my dad was happy that I, I got out of there. But let's, let's fill in the story right here and, and see if we can get a, maybe a better picture of what was happening. So the disciples, or I shouldn't, they were not yet disciples. Peter, James, and John, they'd been fishing all night and they didn't catch anything because you, you would fish at night um, on the Sea of Galilee. That's when the fish would come to the surface. They're fishing all night. Um, they didn't catch anything. As they came to shore, Jesus was teaching the crowds and he needed to, uh, to be kind of a back and elevated a little bit. So Jesus asked if they could use one of their boats, and, and they did. So Jesus preached off one of the boats. And, but even before they got there, Jesus said, hey, I want you to, to go back out. I know you've been fishing all night, but I want you to go back out, and I want you to throw your nets over on this side, and when you do, um, you'll catch fish. And I'm assuming Peter, James, and John, at least my thought process would be, hey, we've been doing this all night. We are trained fishermen. We are professionals. You don't fish during the day, and we know what we're doing, and we're not going to catch anything. But they obeyed Jesus. They put their nets in the water. Fish filled the nets. In fact, they filled their capsizing the boat. There's so many fish there. And it was at this point that Jesus calls Peter, says, Peter, follow me, and then calls James and John, says, Follow me. And after hearing Jesus speak and after seeing the miracle of the fish uh, pour into the boats, they left everything and they followed. And I wonder if there was a moment when Jesus says, follow me to, to James and John, if they, they almost rushed off, but then they paused and they looked to Zebedee, their father. Said, is this okay? Can we go? Should we go? Most scholars think that James and John were somewhere between the ages of around 18 to 25. Young men, 
doing their life's work and all of a sudden they're called into something else and they turn to their father and say, Father, should we go? Can we go? And instead of Zebedee being upset, I wonder if with a smile on his face he said, Sons, go. This is the one. This is the Messiah. The one we've been longing for. The one we've been praying for. This is our Savior. Go. There is no better place to be than beside this man. And maybe with a, a smile on his face and maybe tears in his eyes as he's both happy and sad at the same time, he says, sons, go. Follow this man. Wherever he goes, follow him. Stay close to him. Perhaps that is what happened. We don't know. All we have are those few short sentences, right? But what I want us to get at today is that there is no better place to be than by Jesus. There's no better place. Now, I did not say there's no safer place to be than by Jesus or no easier place to be than by Jesus, but there's no better place to be than by Jesus. In the Gospel of John, there are seven famous I am statements that Jesus makes and the, the reason why those are important is because I am, that is the, the name Yahweh. So when Jesus says these I am statements, he's claiming to be God. And in them, the, you might be familiar with some of these. He says, I am the light of the world. Or I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. I think there's almost an eighth I am statement that Jesus makes. In fact, you see this all throughout scripture and that is a statement, I am with you. I am with you. Dozens of times throughout the, the scripture, you will see God say, I am with you. All the way to Matthew chapter 28 when Jesus before his ascension says, and surely I will be with you always. The reason why I claim this as kind of an eighth I am statement is because even when Jesus was born, we were told that he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That one of the things that we can count on about God is that he is with us. I am is with us. He is present with us. He is near us. He is a God that does not want to rule just from the heavens above. He is not controlling chess pieces. But he wants to come down. He did come down. To be by our side. To dwell with us. To be close to us. Intimate with us. To know us and to be fully known by us. I am with us. In Joshua 1.9, one of these statements throughout Scripture, God says this to Joshua. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Why? Because I am with you wherever you go. My friends, that makes all the difference in the world. Makes all the difference in the world. 
You and I are called into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's one where Jesus is right next to us all the time, wherever we go. And to me, that is one of the, the joys of Christianity that not, I'm not worshiping some God that, that stays far away from me. But I get to intimately walk with a God who walks with me in my journeys and helps me. In the Old Testament, when the Israelites were wandering through the desert, there's a beautiful picture of how God led them. Because they wandered in the wilderness in circles for 40 years, right? And the way God would lead them, and we see this in Numbers chapter 9, it says this, whenever the cloud lifted above the tent, that is the, tabern the tabernacle, uh, the sanctuary of God, um, so every time they camped, they built this, they set up this, this tabernacle, and this cloud would come down on top of it, and that would be the presence of God. It says, whenever the cloud, or whenever the cloud lifted above the tent, the Israelites set out. So whenever the cloud went away, it's, they sent out. Whenever the cloud settled, the, the Israelites encamped. And at the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. And when the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. <clears throat> and then sometimes it was... I'm sorry, and, and at the Lord's command, they would encamp and then they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed from evening to morning, sometimes for months, sometimes longer. And whenever the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they stayed. And whenever the cloud departed, they left. So that they followed, they obeyed the Lord's command. And this is really a great picture of our walk with Jesus. Because just like James and John, we have been called... Jesus has come into our lives and said, hey, Michael, follow me. And it, it was my decision that I made at my confirmation to say, I am going to follow Jesus wherever he goes because I want to be near this man. I want to be close to him. I want to learn from him. I need him, right? Question I have to ask myself is, am I really following God today? Has Jesus, has he left? Has he moved on? Is he walking somewhere? Have I stayed behind or do I need to catch up? Or maybe Jesus has sat down and I'm supposed to sit down and, and learn from him and rest with him and I'm off running still. I think often we run when we should stay and we camp when we should go. In Scripture, we see this where Jonah tried to run away from God and, and Moses didn't, he wanted to stay where he was. He would rather stay in the wilderness herding sheep than to go follow where God wanted him to go. What's interesting is Moses argued against God and he said, you know, I don't have the gifts and talents. I, I'm not a good speaker. I'm too old, all this kind of stuff. And finally he says, God, who am I that I should go do this? And you know what God's response was? I will be with you. It wasn't, Moses, you, I, I've given you all the gifts you need. It said, Moses, I will be with you. Don't worry, go. I will be with you. Walk with me. I don't know if you've ever seen 
that uh, it's kind of a training contraption. It's two harnesses attached together by a bungee. I don't know if you've seen this. So the point of it is, is to strengthen one another by somebody running with a harness. So you've got a harness on, you've got a bungee but with the other person. The other person kind of holds back and you're running and you're kind of, the other person's kind of pulling against you to help just give you some resistance training. Well, I think that's actually a great picture of our relationship with God because when you have said yes to Jesus Christ in your heart, you are connected to him by the Holy Spirit. It's like he's got a harness, I've got a harness, and we've got this, this bungee cord of the Holy Spirit, right? That God will always be with me. He, he, I can never get too far away from him, right? I'm close to him, I'm attached, he's, he's watching over me, he's guiding me, but here's the thing. Sometimes... Jesus will be staying put, and I'm going to try to walk. And he's like, no, no, stay here, stay here. And I'm pushing and pulling and pulling, and it's hard because I'm trying to go where I want to go, not where Jesus is wanting me to go. And then there are some times when I'm, I'm good right where I'm at. I don't want to go anywhere. That place looks scary, Jesus. I'm going to stay right here. And Jesus is going, he's pulling, he's tugging, and I'm like, nope, I'm staying here. And it's a tug-of-war battle. Have you ever felt that way in your, in your faith walk? We are supposed to follow Jesus by going where he goes. The problem is a lot of times we like to stay where we're at. Friends, we are not of this world. As a Christian, we are not of this world. We are nomads, we are wanderers. In Hebrews 13, verse 14 says, For this world is not our permanent home. And we look forward to a home yet to come. And in 2 Peter, it says that we are strangers and aliens here. I don't know about you, but I am guilty of trying to build a home here in this world. Where I will get comfortable and I'll get content. And whether that's physically building a home and adding stuff to it, or whether that's just in my friend life, in my social life, that I sometimes forget that I really don't belong here. That I shouldn't get too attached here because I, Jesus could be calling me to go at, at any time. And I'm not talking about here at church. I'm just talking life in general. Is Jesus calling you to go somewhere? To move somewhere? And you've been fighting him. Whether that's a, a job change whether that's in a relationship, a call to ministry somewhere? Has Jesus been tugging on that tether to you, saying, hey, let's go. Stand up, let's go, let's go. I've got great things. Great things need to happen. Come follow me. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Step out in faith because I will be with you. Have you been digging in your heels? Knowing that God has put a call on your heart and you just have not wanted to go for whatever reason. Friends, there is no better place to be than by the side of Jesus. We also follow Jesus by camping. When the cloud stops, we stop. 23rd Psalm that Andrew Short mentioned in his senior video is a beautiful picture of camping. 
says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want anything. And then it's interesting, the next line is, he makes me lie down in green pastures by still waters. He makes me lie down. It's not he just invites me to lay down and says, hey, why don't you sit down? He says, hey, Michael, sit. Have you ever had to do that with your kids? Right? They're just running around. Finally, you're like, no, sit. Don't move, right? Especially when, I know for my girls, when they get tired, they get super energetic. And at, at night, we almost have to you know, stop moving, just lay down on the pillow, close your eyes, and sleep, right? We have to make them lie down and rest. Well, sometimes God needs to do the same for us. Jesus has stopped, and we are still going, we're struggling, we're, we're, we're trying to, trying to get, go farther. And he's like, no, Michael, come back here, Sit. Rest. Let me give you living water. Let me restore your soul. Are you weary? Are you tired? Has, is God calling you to stop, to sit, to rest? To stop trying to do everything on your own, to do everything without him, but just come and sit and be and, and receive his comfort, his grace. Maybe you're in that place of waiting, of sitting, and you're starting to get a little bored. Where God has called you to sit and rest, and, and now you're like, all right, God, I'm ready to go. What should I do? He's like, no, you need to sit and wait here a little bit longer. I'm still doing work in you. The 23rd Psalm goes on, and it says that he has prepared a table, a meal, in the presence of my enemies. It's like, Michael, not only sit and rest, but now while, you, while we're in this stationary place, I want you to deal with the issues in your life. Here, I, I invited some friends over. I mean, by friends, I mean enemies. The, the issues in your life, the struggles that you have, the sins that you have, I want you to come and let's deal with them before we move on any further. Maybe that's the reason why I want to run away is because I don't want to deal with my sin. I don't want to deal with my brokenness. I'd rather just run and keep moving, moving so fast that I don't have to think about what's wrong with me. But Jesus says, no, come sit. Sit. Let me give you healing. Let me take these burdens. Let me heal you. Is this where you're at? Friends, we are called to follow Jesus in the going and in the staying. There are times where we are called to get up and run and work and build, and then other times we are called to sit and rest and be restored. But the problem I have, and I'm guessing the problem that you have, is that we tend to do the opposite. We tend to do the opposite. Are you tugging against Jesus? Maybe is Jesus tugging against you? Where are you at? What excuses do you have? 
Maybe Jesus is calling you to go and you're saying, I don't know enough. I'm not equipped enough. One of the biggest excuses I hear when I ask people to come and volunteer into student ministries is they say, I don't know enough Bible. What if the youth ask me something and I don't know the answer? Or another one is simply they don't know how to say it, but they just say, you scare me. Right? They're intimidating. Is Jesus calling you to serve in some way? And you've had all these different excuses. I'm too busy. I'm not equipped enough. Or I'm just downright afraid. Do you know what Jesus' answer is? I will be with you. And that makes all the difference. I will be with you. Friends, this is why the presence of God matters. In Isaiah 41.10, God says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There are so many ways that the presence of God impacts our life. And I just want to get into the three that are listed here. That God will strengthen you. When we are close to God, we receive his strength. And we walk through life, through the obstacles and through the challenges with his strength. We gain perseverance. We gain patience. We gain the ability to keep on moving in the midst of, of pain and brokenness and hardship. We gain his strength. We gain his help. Where he will equip us. He will walk beside us. He will give us whatever we need. Because when God calls you places, there's always things that you don't have gifted-wise. And, and God will come in and say, I don't worry, I'm going to help you. He will counsel you. He will direct you. He will guide you. And the third one is he will uphold you. When your legs are too weak to stand, Jesus is going to lift you up. When you can't take another step because of mourning and grief, the presence of God comforts you. When you're so worried with anxieties and with fears, the presence of God will give you peace. You have comfort, you have support. Here's the thing, the closer we are to, to Jesus, the more we have those things pouring into our life. The more we try to run and stretch ourselves as far as we can from Jesus, the less those are there. We're still connected. God is still with us. He is there. But I know some of you guys know this. You've been trying to do things on your own, trying to get as far away from Jesus as possible. And in that, you don't have that peace. You don't have that strength. You don't have that comfort. You get weary, you get tired. And Jesus says, and hey, just come back to me. Just come back to me. Fear not, I am with you. I am with you. As we close this morning, I want to go back to Matthew 28, where Jesus is on a hill in Galilee, and he's instructing his disciples on the Great Commission where he says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded them and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And surely 
I will be with you to the very end of the age. His presence, I want you to get this, his presence gives the disciples power and authority to go into every single nation to preach the good news. He doesn't say, I want you guys to go in and and I'm going to sit back here up in heaven. You go and and you go make disciples. You go do all the work. I'm going to stay back here. He says, no, I'm going into all the nations. I want you to walk with me. In fact, when it says go, that go can be translated as as you go or as you are going. So everywhere you go, make disciples. Because that's where Jesus is going and that's what he wants you to do. Graduates, as you are now going, as you go, know that Jesus is always with you to the very end of the age. He is always with you, so fear not, be strong, be courageous. Stop letting excuses hold you back. Quit fighting against where Jesus is calling you to go or or to stay because the best place to be is right next to his side, the Messiah, the Savior, your friend, Jesus the Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for having patience with us. Thank you for for (coughs) not uh, yanking us too hard with the tug of the Holy Spirit, but, but being kind and constantly encouraging us to go with you or to sit with you. Lord, may we feel your presence this morning, that we might be filled with your love, with your strength, that we might not be afraid, that we might go with confidence where you've called us to go. And Lord, where we are struggling to to go or to move, whether we don't want to rest or we don't want to deal with our enemies we're just too afraid to go into the land that you're calling us to go, Lord. Help us to get there. Help us to walk by your side. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand as we continue in worship?